Good morning. Welcome to Wake the F Up on 101.5 UM FM. <laughs> so sorry. We air on Thursdays, 11 to 11.30. My name is Christina. I use pronouns she, her. <laughs> and uh, my name is Karan, and uh, I use pronouns he, him. And because it's exam season, I don't know how to control my emotions. Oh. But wow. it's okay. Great. It's fine. Sorry about that laughter, everyone. I just couldn't control it. <laughs> the UMFM 101.5 broadcasts at 1200 watts from the University of Manitoba, Located on Treaty 1 territory, the original lands of the Anishinaabe, Nihayawak, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and on the homeland of the Métis Nation. Thanks, Karen. I will try to control my emotions for the rest of this episode and not laugh and um, have laughing attacks. I will not be satisfied until you're, you're a complete robot. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta stop. <laughs> so, making space for feminism... Yummy, one of my favorite things to do. I think so. Feminism should be everywhere. Yes. Is, everywhere. Is that, is that a contested issue? Is that... Apparently. What do yeah. you mean? I mean, you know those people who go in and they'll go to, you know, whatever such and such progressive event or the women's and gender studies class and they're like, yes, yeah. feminism. Yeah, and feminist then, and queer review, big ups, big shout out. Yeah. And then they go into some other space that is more, for example, hypermasculine, and then they feel less comfortable talking about feminism. Question: Are you going to bring up the fact that you did firefighting this summer? In I a never bring that up. I, <laughs> <laughs> that's never something I talk about. I never talk about the extremely hypermasculine environment never. that I experienced this summer during yeah. firefighting. Wait, you went firefighting? <laughs> so. Like, is is that a place where you felt like you couldn't bring your feminism? One, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we literally, at the very beginning, like, my crew boss was pretty cool in that, right as we were getting to know each other and getting ready to spend the next 14 days and 14 nights together. Oh, um, He, like, oh, lucky, lucky <laughs> us. Um, he went through and he was like, hey, guys, we're going to spend a lot of time together. So... If there's something that you don't want talked about or you're sensitive about or something like that, like, let's just get it all out in the open now here on the first day. And then from here on That's out, we'll really know good. to respect it. Right. So I was like, well, I don't want to see any discrimination. I don't really like to hear about any of the isms. Like, I don't want to hear any racism. I don't want to hear any sexism because I'm going to call it out. And I'm not comfortable with that for even a second. I don't think it's funny. Absolutely. Yeah. And they heard me out that day. Oh. But <laughs> Jeez. But then moods change, the tone changes, mm -hmm. and then eventually, I don't know if the forest or something got to their heads, <laughs> but they, you know, the isms definitely started to come out. Oh, boy. And I stayed true to my word. I mm. said I would call it out. Mm. And then that wound up being the thing that ultimately, like, like set me apart from the group, mm. which was super comfortable and awesome. I love that. I love mm, being alone for yum. two weeks. Oh. <laughs> it actually Jeez. got to the point, like, 
like and I was just I was just being myself right like I'm not going to pretend I'm not a feminist for a second mm-hmm. and that's a choice that I've made because I can't feel good about myself like I even had one more girl that was on my crew mm-hmm. and she agreed with me on a lot of this stuff but she would often laugh along with their jokes just to like make our work time easier just kind of make things run more smoothly because there were three guys and two of us mm-hmm. but I, I wouldn't even do that like I'm just like I'm just gonna have a disgusting feeling in my stomach if I laugh at your sexist jokes right yeah and it even got to the point that at the end of the deployment we were just having this conversation about like i don't know whatever and one of them was like yeah so if we like uh, you know talk uh, examine who's the most talkative in the group they went blah 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 the other guys most chatty and then the girl she was pretty chatty too and they were like yeah christina's pretty quiet Mm. that's how much i was just not that's very telling of how... Because I would just not participate in the conversations yeah. that made me feel uncomfortable. Like, I would just go into my happy place. I yeah. had to. And thankfully, after tree planting, I was able to find my happy place. So, like, they would be right. talking about their stupid fart jokes all the time. And <laughs> I just... And that's not necessarily anti-feminist, but I don't like that either. And right. <laughs> no, and that, I think that that's fair. And I feel like if they've already created an environment for you to not be comfortable in, then like anything that they say really is going to, I don't know, make you veer away from them. Yeah. And I think that that's a very fair way to be, especially when you're out with strangers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't really know these people and you now have to suddenly like work with them and Mm -hmm. like a very hard job at that. And yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think that's really fair for you to want to not be a part of it. Actually, this reminds me very much so of my work experience this summer. I had a really cool job and I'm not going to like give details on air about it mm-hmm. um, just out of respect for the institution, et cetera, et cetera, totally, because yep. I still work there and I actually have a really fun time with some of my coworkers. But and there was one coworker who quit over summer. She was a very much so like a disrespectful person and she would use very offensive words very liberally interesting choice of words (laughs) (laughs) i didn't even think of that but it was very upsetting once she made a very sexist comment and i tried call like i tried to tell her that hey like that made me very uncomfortable i didn't even call her out i just said that like separately hey that made me uncomfortable like i hope that moving forward you can use better language etc etc yeah to which i got no response at all whatsoever she just ignored you she absolutely just ignored me and, uh awkward and it's, it's, yeah, very awkward because we talked politics once me and my other coworker, who are very much so left-leaning like basic human rights believers etc yeah. etc we were just kind of taken aback because uh once we were trash talking the conservatives and how they are not that great with uh basic Equality for all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we realized that she actually was a conservative. Oh, and, nice. um, you know, worked for the conservative party at some point in her mm. life. And it made me very uncomfortable. It was not a it was not a fun time. So I stopped bringing in political conversations into my workspace because I was like, well, I understand that it can be inappropriate to do so. So I'm just not going to, you know, force the notion that everyone on this planet deserves basic equality in my workspace. Yeah, Karan, how could you? Uh, right? The audacity. So inappropriate. Jeez. <laughs> and what made me uncomfortable was that I couldn't even bring it in at times where 
it needed to be brought in. So I still remember that we were running an errand and we were using the company van and she was driving. And mind you, she's a very like rude and abrasive person to begin with. She gave me a really hard time. And we were just talking about how she used to drive a BMW or something like that. I don't remember. Something some, some big thing. Something strange. Yeah, she's she's like from the country, so right. um she had like these notions about cars and like a lot of all that stuff. ideas about trucks and etc. And somehow we got into that conversation and suddenly she was like, "Oh yeah, my Civic. I pay so much to MPI for it. It's." And then she proceeded to use the R word. Mm. And I froze because I literally did not know what to do at that point. Because if I would were to call her out on it, she would just either ignore me or I don't even know what, how she would respond, to be very honest with you. And as much as it offended me, I was like, yeah, haha. Mm. And I just tried to not engage. And it made me so uncomfortable because, yes, feminist ideology should exist in every space. Because I thought that it was inappropriate for me to bring all of this inclusivity agenda <laughs> propaganda into my workspace, yep. I couldn't defend my positions at all because she had her voice. She has her freedom of speech. So mm-hmm. she was able to use these backward regressive words, yep. which I can't defend anymore. Yeah, the status me, quo is set. So you're the one who's disturbing the peace. Absolutely. Which made me so uncomfortable. No joke. And until she quit, I contemplated quitting for so long because I did not want to exist in that space anymore. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've definitely experienced less than feminist experiences in my (laughs) workplaces as well. Aside from firefighting, I've also worked at a gym for two years as a rock climbing instructor. And gyms are a very, wouldn't you guess, hyper-masculine space. Oh, do you even lift, bro? Oh, my God. You can hear them grunting from the other side of the gym. I just, which is fine, actually. I, I, I support that. Grunt if you feel comfortable doing so. Sure. I will not judge the grunting. Oh, I wish you would stop saying the word grunt. <laughs> it's a lot. It's, yeah. But yeah, so there's a lot of dude bros with their selfies and all that who come in there, which, you know, that that in itself isn't an issue but what becomes an issue is okay so i'll be i'll be at the rock climbing wall and on a given day like i'm i'm the instructor there right i'm mm-hmm. running the wall you're running the show yep you're teaching people how to live their lives on the wall yes it, mm-hmm. exactly you're um, the guru yes so the amount of instances in which people have approached and I'm there and I'm teaching, you know, whatever random dude has come up for the day, doesn't know how to climb, just wants to climb with only his upper body because that's what they all do, Mm. which is just PSA for rock climbing. It's not about the upper body. I just, I just needed to get that out. I'm sorry. Um, No, no, thank you. Actually, I was going rock climbing tomorrow. So that actually gives me a lot of, um, really? No, I wasn't. Oh. That was a joke. Wow. I wow. got really excited, actually. Wow. I was about to... That didn't land, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fine. Anyway, so upper body. Yes, you needed yeah. to get that out. Yeah, yeah. So he comes up and I'm showing him I'm showing him the ropes. And quite literally. Quite literally. Nice. And random person will come up and they'll start, you know, coming over. And then it's like, oh, do you want to climb today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, they assume that the, uh, that the random guy is the instructor. Meanwhile, I'm literally there. Bro that I'm teaching doesn't even know how to put his foot on the wall. <laughs> and, like, they think that he's in charge simply because he's a guy. <laughs> There's nothing about what he's doing. Like, I'll literally be holding the belay device. 
Jeez. Like, who do you think is operating this right now? Like, it. Th- <laughs> That's very frustrating. It is frustrating. And I bet you something like an instructor vest or even something like that wouldn't really help. Hey, I doubt it. Because people would be blind. Like, people see what they want to see. Mm-hmm. And they'd be blinded towards that, too, because, well, she's a girl. So mm, whatever. She can't teach me anything. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. And. Side note, this isn't really uh, related to, well, this is just a fun little fact. So sometimes, because I like to keep myself entertained too, right? <laughs> sometimes the the dudes will come up and then they'll have the whole, you know, they'll, they'll immediately be uncomfortable with the fact that I'm showing them how to do right. anything. The fact right. that their safety is in my hands. Anything right. like that is just right. really repulsive for of them. Course. Yeah. So one time a guy came up and I was like, I don't know what I was doing. I was setting some tape on the wall. I don't know. I was mm. dangling in midair. So I <laughs> I was like self-blaying. So I was just like up there. And then he like comes up and I'm like five feet off the ground. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, how's it going? And I was like, oh, you know, just hanging out. And he like, oh, Christina. I, I wish I could show like the face he made like over the air. But basically, like he was like trying to have this whole like cool, chill vibe about him. And mm. then he was just like just like resisting the urge to smile at how stupid that joke was and like he was really uncomfortable by it but i was i was having the time of my life and then he goes and he's like climbing and i'm showing him how to mm-hmm. lead climb and all that he wants to lead climb so of course <laughs> so he's going across the wall and i just continue like cracking these stupid jokes and he's like not having it and like i'm just like okay well if you want to do lead climbing like that just means you'll be on the wall for a long time and you know we're not used right. to using our forearms a whole lot so like don't be yeah. surprised if you get tired yeah use these yeah, techniques yeah, yeah. to preserve your strength blah 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 and he's just like i need to get on the wall blah, blah, blah. okay cool <laughs> all right sure so he gets on the wall <laughs> and he starts lead climbing like two minutes later lo and behold his arms are getting tired and it's like that's what happens and yep he wants to keep going but not willing to acknowledge that he's completely pumped out so he's and like he's doing wrong oh, oh absolutely so he's doing what's called chicken winging so he's like on the wall and he's just like got his arms tensed up like chicken wings like his arms are completely flexed oh my god yeah so that's what people do when they're like desperately trying to hold on still yeah yeah and um and i'm just like okay like get like if you fall you know point your feet towards the wall and um and like he he just kind of wasn't saying much and I kept kind of trying to say instructions to him and I was like, Hey, sorry I'm talking so much, I don't mean to bring you to the end of your rope here, but you're running out of rope. <laughs> <laughs> I actually hate you. I despise that. Oh, you should it. You should have seen how much I he hated love me. Love it. Oh my god. So it was really fun to mess with his demeanor like that. Like that that's the stuff that Well, he did he fall though? Yeah. Okay, well, give the masses what they want. I did. Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he absolutely fell a few seconds later. Lovely. Like, he caught himself and, like, he was just like... It's what she deserves by Kim Kardashian. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, I digress. But the reason that we're talking about this in general is how we're we're really focusing on the topic of how feminism should exist everywhere like right. it's not it doesn't just exist in your women's and gender studies classes it doesn't <laughs> just exist yeah. at whatever pre- progressive event you've gone to like it should exist everywhere so we're just kind of talking about some examples of really like hyper masculine or patriarchal or colonial spaces in mm-hmm. which these examples are really prevalent so uh, another example that really comes to mind is the is gentlemen's clubs so this is a space okay. where gender roles are really exaggerated 
like extremely reinforced. Absolutely, yeah. And whether that's problematic or not, not necessarily. It depends on how okay the people are with it. Right. Um, now here's where the problem comes in. You're fully acknowledging and embracing gender roles in this space mm-hmm. for the most part, mm-hmm. but that tends to come with some more stuff. So that tends to come along with the whole like male sexuality discourse that right. says that the male sex drive is completely like can't be stopped, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. women should conform to, you know, they should be the gatekeepers, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So that's that's another space in which I think feminism can and should exist. Absolutely. And that's right. not to say it doesn't. You know, there are definitely gentlemen's clubs where that exists. But I think that's just an important. So. So when when you say that it should exist and when you say that it does in certain clubs, how does it manifest itself? People respecting the women. Oh, okay. So <laughs> oh, okay. So for me, it was just like basic mannerisms. I didn't really realize that that would be like a feminist ideology. Oh, hence absolutely. I asked. I mean, isn't um, that always what it comes down to? Uh, yeah. Basic respect of like less le- leftist or basic human rights <laughs> good question yeah so just like respecting the rules if there's a no touch rule or something um, right respecting the woman's individual boundaries if the woman is the performer right. i am speaking about the the areas in which like the gender roles are exaggerated of course there are strippers who exist in all genders but right, i'm, I'm right, talking right. about the mainstream ones no no right no. Now. i know what you mean yeah, yeah. Where a lot of like stereotypical. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it would yeah. look like people respecting the performers. Right. So, that's really it. Yeah. And I think that, that just like enforcing the being respectful to women, to workers, just comes with this basic idea of like consent culture, too, where like yes. you just. You just respect people's boundaries. And I feel like there's also like this dissonance in feminist discourse where these clubs are anti-feminist, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm not of that opinion either. And I feel like that ideology and I feel like the existence of strip clubs in itself can be very feminist. Yes. And, yes. you know, like. Oh, you're speaking my language. <laughs> yes. Like the fact that women choose to do this. They choose to, you know. And in a broader sense, anyone can choose to do anyone. This. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, and I guess here in particular, I'm referring to the, the more so generalized. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that people choose sex work in itself is a very bold choice and very feminist. And I don't think that you know, there's so many stereotypes that oh yeah, that one-legged stripper or like <laughs> things like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, oh, there's the person who's like putting their kids through school, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's all very rude and Oh yeah, no, there's a thousand factual. And, there's a thousand and one yeah. ideologies attached to, you know, what it means for a person to be a sex worker in any sense, which that's oh that's a conversation for another day. That's a whole can of yeah. worms there. But yeah, in general that that whole that whole thing is very anti-capitalist too because sex workers have a lot more control over their work they have a lot more control over what money amount that they'll settle for or or accept rather and all of this so and they own the means of production yeah (laughs) (laughs) they become the bourgeoisie oh no oh god we can't go there today putting it in a negative light (laughs) that's wild so i i really like that you brought up the example of strip clubs and gentlemen's clubs etc etc and it's not something that's overly talked about a lot in feminist discourse and in like feminist where feminism should exist, et cetera, et cetera, all of that. 
What I found very interesting at this time of the year was that you also, we just talked about how it can be potentially anti-capitalist. Do you think that during the season, you know, the consumer Christmas season, that feminism has space here? During the holiday season? Yes, but more so like consumer aspect of it, like the whole commodification of oh, this entire honey. season. Can we start it on commodification? Oh, have I opened another can of worms? That you have, but I'm ready for this Okay, one, so. okay. Let's do it. <laughs> so, commodification of the holidays. I feel like a lot of people are to some degree familiar with this topic. Like, even, like, I feel like people all across the political spectrum can relate to the fact that, you know, originally the holidays were just meant to be a time of all the, you know, connecting and, and sure. Yeah. You know, it has religious sure. roots. Mm-hmm. And, but but like, you know, like the whole, you know, you spend time with your family right, and generosity right. and mm-hmm. all these nice, good values mm-hmm. and community and all these things. I think most people have some complaints about how it's very much become a material based. Yeah. Yeah. Types of, a type of season mm. for most of the holidays that exist, whether that's Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, mm. you know, whatever holiday you want to name. A lot of them right. are very commercialized. And I, and I think that's so interesting because I don't celebrate Christmas. The only thing that really we do is like get a Christmas tree, like decorate the house a little bit. But what I find inter- interesting is that some of my friends, like I know that they'll be like, oh, yeah, like this is my list that I'm giving my parents to buy me for Christmas. And I'm like, oh. That's cool. What what else are you going to do for Christmas? <laughs> oh, not much. And that's kind of it really. Like they spend yeah. time with their grandparents maybe a little bit, mm-hmm. go a little go out a little with their friends like for New Year's or something like that, and that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that connection has been lost because of this idea of benefiting from Christmas, which falls on your parents. Or mm-hmm. I don't even know. And it it can be different in really any situation, but there is always this expectation. And also what I find interesting is that some of my friends and I, who we don't have the money to buy each other presents, have to tell each other yeah. that, hey, like, let's not get each other gifts this, this yeah. time because I'd, we don't have the money for it. I would say that's even the norm among fellow students. No, like, I know that that's the norm in our circle of friends and pretty much any student I talk to. We're just like, yeah, like, we don't have the money or time. And we just kind of get that. Not in my friend circle. because no. No, because at first it started out with like, oh, like we're friends. Like Mm. it's just a nice way of showing appreciation and all that. And then Mm -hmm. now that, you know, some of my friends and I, like we are not really working as much or things like that. Like school is becoming harder and we don't have as much money. And and I'm not opposed to that idea at all because I don't have the money, frankly, to buy other people presents. Nope. And when one of my friends said that to me, I was quite frankly very relieved yeah because because you're in the same boat i'm I'm in the same boat and i'm going home for christmas i'm going back to india so what saddens me is that i won't be able to spend time with them mm-hmm. over here right you know what i mean mm-hmm. so the fact that we have to tell each other like even though we're not going to spend time together please don't get me gifts you know yeah so is me getting them gifts and them getting me gifts a replacement for lost time that mm-hmm. we could have spent together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it has just commodified this entire culture which is so extremely prob- not problematic well yes problematic but it's more so alarming to me yeah because is that what the meaning has reduced to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I feel like we can pretty much leave that question open. I, f- I think most people have a strong opinion on this matter. Um, another really interesting thing that tends to happen over the holidays is people get together with their family that they haven't seen in a while, especially maybe after if they've started university and been exposed to some new political ideologies. Oh, I, yeah. I just want to solely do a whole episode after I've talked to my sister about some uh, some of my ideologies. Yeah, ready for it. Yeah, yep. I'm just going to bring in a quick story here. She once uh, shared something on Facebook that was like, we need to get rid of welfare mentality. When capitalism happens it, and jobs are created, money goes into the hands of poor people and blah, oh. blah, blah. And I was like, cool, you're talking from a place of privilege. And um, uh-huh. she shut me down and she was like, you never text me about anything that's not political. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, because that's what I'm passionate about. But OK. No joke. So oh when I go God. home this time around, it's going to be really interesting. And um, maybe next episode I'll come back with some stories. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I actually want to comment on that welfare thing. Something that was pointed out in my psychology class of all places with the welfare thing. You know, people always get on the case of people who need welfare because they're like, oh, well, then they, you know, they won't be motivated to work. They won't contribute to society. But the same thing happens when you have too much money. (laughs) Have you ever considered that? If you have too much money, there is no need for you to contribute any further to society. Who do you see attacking them? (laughs) These mics are attached to the table otherwise i would drop my mic and run <laughs> that was amazing right yeah that was that's literally that was skinner bf skinner and yeah. and that's so funny because it relates right back to this idea of consumerism yes people with more money are more inclined to celebrate commodified christmas yeah and people with less money are more inclined to actually find meaningful relationships and nurturing them over the holiday season. Yes. Yeah. What a messed up world we live in. Yeah. I just, I'm just waiting for the revolution. Oh, why wait? Let's, let's go right <laughs> let's now. Let's start now. Yeah. Okay. This episode is over. Let's just <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to hear from us again. We're starting a revolution. <laughs> Come join us. That's, yeah. That's where we'll be. Anyway, apart from the revolution, before we end off this episode, I just wanted to say that the holidays are not, you know, easy times for everyone. Mm-mm. There's, uh, you, you can have a good relationship with your family and even then they can be really hard on you. Um, especially like I suffer a lot at this time around, especially when I go see my family because of like body image and things like that. They still don't understand mental health issues, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of people don't really have a good relationship with their families. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to say that you are still valid. Your holiday season should still be very happy and that you should really find things within reason that make you happy yeah even if that's like taking a break from your busy work schedule and finding some time to take care of yourself like take some time for yourself just so that you can start the new year off right and and as i say that too i recognize that it comes from an extreme you know place of privilege where i am able to take time off work some people are not but even in the little things that you do try to incorporate some sort of love towards yourself because in this extremely capitalized world that we lived in it is very hard to do that and Mm -hmm. um, there's always room for self-love there's always room for self-love so even if you're not going to go see your family or if you are either way whatever you choose to do the holidays still can be a rough time and 
just try and take care of yourselves. Yeah, and from the both of us, wishing you a happy holiday season and happy new year. Happy holidays, y'all. Yeah. Why did I say y'all? Oh, I just ruined the end of this episode. Oh, we're keeping that. Okay, <laughs> well, okay. Happy holidays, y'all. <laughs> just owning it. See you in the new year. Yeah, see you. Yeah, see you in the new year. Thank you, Christina. Thanks, Karen. Someone told me a gun, never thought something was ever wrong. I said no.